0: You're listening to the Godfather and Gourney podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. I could be moving from my office to being one of those absolute degenerates that
1: smells like moldy cheese and death.
0: And National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gourney.
1: Grover isn't around as much, but uh, Oscar the Grouch is still around a lot. El- Elmo has taken a prominent role. I mean, he's like the main character. That's
2: right, we are back with another episode of the Godfather and Gorny Podcast. We have two new iTunes reviews, guys, that we uh, got over the last weeks that we're real excited about. I want to give a shout out to one that says, these guys know their stuff and are entertaining to listen to. And that person leaving that review uh, goes by the name of Farrell's Mom. So <laughs> somebody, somebody out there is, is a jokester. So uh, I want to encourage everybody to continue to leave us reviews because that really helps us out. So, with that said, let's jump right into it. We've got a lot to talk about. Urban Meyer is back. Uh, LSU and Auburn, uh, that game was a, a, a good one. So, let's jump right into it. Farrell, I'll let you start with your thoughts on Urban Meyer coming back. Yeah, let's talk about Urban Meyer.
0: So, Gorney, did Urban Meyer learn his lesson, or did he learn that he needs to
1: handle these things quicker so he doesn't get in trouble? Well, what's, what's the lesson to be learned? He doesn't think he did anything wrong. Well, you still think that, I mean, after 15 different press
0: conferences where he finally apologized to everybody involved, you think it's all just written for him?
1: Yes. And, uh, you know, when I I thought what was most telling was when he was asked, you know, does he agree with the president of the the university on his suspension? He was like, he has my full support. You know, it's, it's, uh, he sat down with Tom Rinaldi. There was an a famous clip now of him sitting there for eight seconds and not answering a question kind of just staring uh, at Rinaldi. Uh, I, I don't know if he's learned any lessons. I think he's dealt with the suspension. Ohio State has been perfectly fine without him. I mean, two blowouts and then you know a t- they beat a tough TCU team by double digits on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if he's learned any lessons from this. I think he's just happy to... St- to seemingly have it over, I would imagine. I don't know what the next step for Courtney Smith is to keep this in the the spotlight, if she does it all, but, uh, you know, I think this is the first step in Urban, just coming back and, and this fading away. Yeah, do you
0: think the, anything changes at Ohio State? I mean, uh, as far as wins, losses, on the field, I mean, how do you make the transition from, uh, I know he was running practice recently, but um, how do you make the transition? They look pretty good, and you know, what happens if they lose a game under Urban Meyer? What does everybody say then?
1: <laughs> um, I, it, you know, no one's going to say anything. I, th- I think you know he may be the best, if not the second best coach in all of college football. But I do have to give credit to Ryan Day for how the team was run. I'm sure it was Urban's game plan. I'm sure Urban had a very big hand. Um, you know, I, I believe the way that it worked was... He wasn't allowed to be on the sidelines, but there was certainly nothing to be said about him putting the game plan together with the coaches as much as he wanted to. Right? He wasn't completely away from the team, so um, you know, I don't think things change much. The Ohio State team will see on Saturday. I would not be surprised if they run it up in a big way on Tulane, um, just so Urban can make a statement and feel good and prove that he's worth the millions and millions and millions of dollars that he's being paid. Um, But, you know, I do think that uh, this won't have any effect on recruiting. Uh, As long as this story fades away, um, I don't know if it will. I don't know what Brett McMurphy has. I don't know what Courtney Smith has. I I have no idea how this plays out, but uh, I definitely do think that... uh, if you're a betting man, you take Ohio State on Saturday with Urban back on the sidelines. So they were one of the two
0: key games, I thought, over the weekend, uh, the other being LSU and Auburn. We'll get to that in a second. But, um, you know, defense defensively they stepped up in a big way, and uh, Haskins obviously had another good game. Uh, where do you think it went wrong for TCU? I know you watched the game, as we all did.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ohio State is just better. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where it went wrong in in terms of in terms of just getting beat down as the game went on. I th- I think TCU is a very good team. I thought that Ohio State was even going to handle them more than they were. Um, as I was watching the line throughout the week, move a lot of the bets were coming in on Ohio State, but the line was dropping, which is a good sign if you're a TCU better. Um, but I was impressed with their defense, their athletic, but. This is kind of how always TCU plays when they play Ohio State or a big team. They look good, they're athletic, they're flying all over the field. Gary Patterson is sweating through his shirt. And then and then they fade away in the end because they're just not as good. But Ohio State going on the road in a very tough environment. Although it seemed like there were more Ohio State people there than TCU people. Um, if, you, if you follow Kevin Noon on Twitter, like, every, like all of us do, and Live by his every word. It looked like the Ohio State people, uh, you know, really, really filled in that place really well. I think Haskins is a clear Heisman front runner. Um, they have a tremendous amount of, you know, options on offense, whether out of the backfield with with Weber, who's been being used more, um, or Dobbins, and then five, five, six receivers that are very good, and then a defense that is very, very good. And I think up front. They won those battles with Jones and Bosa before he got injured, and all those kinds of things. So I think we're talking about a team who, in two weeks, will be tested by Penn State. But I, I just don't see where they lose going into Big Ten title game. Scoring
2: sound tired, Dave He sounds. He uh, sounds like he was up all night changing diapers or something. Is that what <laughs> happened?
1: Well, when we start this at the ungodly hour that we do, because you know Mike Mike has his banker hours; he's he's done by noon. Uh, you know, what can I say? Well, nobody wants
0: to do this at three p.m. Eastern time, which is noon here. Kind of <laughs> that's that's Farrell's nap time. <laughs> that cuts into my nap. yeah. Who would want to do that then? <laughs> I mean, you get it over with early. You throw it out there. You you get your four hundred people to listen, and then you move on. So there's no point delaying the inevitable. So that's what I figured. Let's just get this done early with, uh, so Alabama, Alice, I mean, Auburn, Alice, you Auburn, Alice, was another good game has been in the last few years, at least. And of course I remember the last miles getting fired game, which it was a good one that came down to the end. Um, I was surprised, uh, the line was so high. I thought Vegas knew something we didn't know. Um, Auburn's defense is very good, but they let Joe Burrow, who didn't complete a whole lot of passes. I mean, he wasn't very efficient when it comes to completion percentage and hasn't been so far in his LSU tenure. But they let him make the key plays down at the end to get in field goal range and win the game. And I was a little bit disappointed in Auburn's defense in that respect. Jared Stidham is certainly a guy that, you know, pro scouts are intrigued with but he can't win a game by himself Um, he's not he's not that guy Um, which is a little bit concerning as well if you're Auburn um, because you want your quarterback if your running game is not working you want your quarterback to be able to you know take over a game or put it away when it needs to be put away and he didn't do that so tough loss for Auburn at home and LSU remember we were talking about what 3-5 and potentially or whatever else to start the season Uh, Beating two top ten teams. They're in the top ten now.
1: They're number six in the country. Maybe Ed Orgeron's a genius. (laughs) I don't know if I'd go that far. But uh, it does seem like he's got his guys really playing hard. They're very aggressive. I love Burrow's attitude. He's kind of got a little chip on his shoulder, as some people would say. Um, I just like the way he leads that offense and the way that they're playing. They're incredibly aggressive on defense. Greedy Williams had an interception. Um, I think Brosette is a guy that we probably had a little underrated. He's a tough runner, tough kid. I love the way Burrow is 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 operating the offense. He's got some receivers out there that that can play, and it's just a team that's not going to give up and they're not going to fold. They were, I think, they were down 11 uh, in the second half. Came back at a tough place like Auburn. Um, you know, they destroyed Miami. They completely destroyed Miami uh and now they're in the top six so this is you know everybody's feeling good about it so this is kind of when you, you would have your surprise loss or a fall i think old miss in two weeks could be interesting florida does not look like a team that can beat lsu but at florida is going to be interesting and then georgia will be a very difficult game on october 13th followed by mississippi state who i still think is an underrated football team on october 20th then alabama on november 3rd so um, I give a ton of credit to Ed Orgeron. I did not think that they would be here at this point. I thought they would be one and two. Uh, they are three and zero. They went to Auburn and won. Very, very tough place to play. I like the attitude of the team. I like the attitude of Joe Burrow. Um, they are not. They are still a team that is a power running team, but they're mixing in a lot more. Their defense is incredibly aggressive all over the field. So. A lot of credit to them, and Ed Orgeron is the SEC Coach of the Year right now.
0: That's true. He is. Uh, that's not going to last, I don't think, but, hey, we doubted him against Miami. We doubted him against Auburn, and I guess we'll continue to doubt him, and maybe he'll continue to prove us wrong. Were you one of the pundits who picked Old Miss to beat Alabama? Because there was one out there who <laughs> <was> <laughs> hilariously picked them I, to win outright.
1: Yeah, t- to win outright. The first play of the game, th- deep throw to DK Metcalf, and... I was watching the game and I was like, you know what? When Ole Miss beat Alabama, uh, it was that deep ball that 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 was a problem, and then there was just a complete and utter annihilation going on, and it was, it was sad to watch how how good Alabama is, and and how they made Ole Miss cry like a like a little girl, uh, if I can say that in today's day and age. I don't want to offend anybody, um, but. Uh, Alabama, is this, Mike? I'll ask you a question. Is this Nick Saban's best team? It is It is a team that the defense is so good and the offense is now explosive. It used to be that they'd beat Ole Miss 24 7 and run the ball and pound it and give Damian Harris or Najee Harris the ball. Now they're throwing it deep. They're scoring at will. They could, they could have put up 70, 80 points in that game. I don't know if it's his best team.
0: <clears throat> it's his best offensive team. I'll, I'll I'll put it that way. I'm not sure about defense. I, I know the defense is very strong. They don't have the star power that I'm used to seeing, you know, the Minka Fitzpatrick's yeah. and Jonathan Allen's of the world and, and um, Ruben Foster's. But, uh, you know, obviously when your offense is so powerful and you can put up points at will, it, it allows you to game plan a little bit differently on defense and you know, just sort of sit back and let them try to, to come back. But clearly, it's his best offensive team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, these wide receivers are fast. They're running free. They're getting separation. Uh, Tonga Valoa is a kid that is, you know, actually has a chance to be a really good pro, even though he's a lefty. Um, and he's doing everything you would expect him to do. Um, based on all the hype from coming in last year and winning the national championship in the second half. So, I, they're scary. Um, I'm a little bit worried about my boy, Kellen Mond, this weekend. Um, uh Yeah, we're going to see. <laughs> because, you know, he played good against Clemson, and that was, that was a tough game. He was running for his life. He got a little break this past week, and then now he's got to run for his life against Alabama. And I just think that Texas A&M defense is kind of banged up a little bit and doesn't have a ton of depth <clears throat> at all. They could they could give up 60 points as well.
1: How about my boy, too? Are you surprised at how good he is? I mean, the kid is obviously coming in for the national championship and doing well and, and doing so, so far. I know you don't like lefties, but uh, the kid can play, huh?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Um, You know, I I thought it'd be effective I'm so used to the game manager at Alabama that I don't know what I'm seeing right now, you know Because this is anything but a game manager This is a kid who can go out there and win it with his arm, you know Just like, you know, I mentioned you want Jared Stidham to be that guy You want him to be, you know, a quarterback who can win it with his arm and move around and extend the play and all that stuff Um, That's what we're seeing in Tua So who was it that gave him the name Tua Star?
1: It wasn't me it was. It, I'm not going to say who it is, but he had the same initials, and in it was W.W. W. That's who, okay. So pretty much insinuating that he sucked. Um, yeah. No. No. Saying outright, basically that he sucks. The
0: same
2: person who called Minka Fitzpatrick Stinka Fitzpatrick, correct? <laughs> you won't. You won't hear. <laughs> you won't hear him talk about d- how he named him to a star. He only talks about the guys that were under ranked that he wanted to push up in the rankings. Right. (laughs) That's why we have
0: to call them out on these things. I mean, I get, I get blamed for everything. Did you see my Patrick Mahomes tweet that came alive yesterday? Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes, I did. Yes, I did. (laughs) I
0: mean, if you, if you follow me, just, if you, not follow me, you don't have to follow me on Twitter, but if you just, if you just check out my, um, what's the name of the website? Old takes exposed. Cold hot,
1: take, cold expo- cold
0: takes, take, hot takes exposed. Cold takes something. exposed or whatever. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you must think that I'm the biggest idiot on the face of the earth because <laughs> every week there seems to be something else that I've tweeted from a couple of years ago or maybe a few months ago that just turns out to be the stupidest thing anyone's ever heard in their lives. So I will tell everybody on here, I'm not addressing it in Twitter because my timeline is already just filled with venom and hate, uh, and I don't want to make it any worse. But uh, I did pick up Patrick Mahomes in my fantasy league this week. I was surprised everybody let him slide. Uh, I have Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. I had Mahomes ready to start, and then an idiot friend of mine convinced me that Aaron Rodgers is a god and invincible at uh, Lambeau. So I started started Aaron Rodgers and uh, left 52 points on the table. From Patrick Mahomes. What
1: kind of crappy league are you playing in where Patrick Mahomes is still available?
0: Yeah it's a 10-person league and somebody picked him up and then dropped him for um, Alex Smith so maybe I'm dealing with a bunch oh, of idiots geez. there too but yeah. I got him now and you know what he's staying on my roster uh, I don't care what happens I'll start Aaron Rodgers you know most of the time as long as he's healthy but I was a little bit worried about that injury and uh you know, I was going to be like Mahomes is looking really good. His first game, he looked amazing. Uh, let me start him, but I was talked out of it like an idiot. Now I ended up winning anyways, as I played someone who's even dumber than I am. But uh, 53 points I left on the on the bench from his performance. Well,
1: this is this now means that you have to have to trade Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, that's the smart move here. Yeah, but he's damaged goods. I mean, no one's going to want him. Because you just yeah.
0: don't know week to week what that injury is going to be. They said he might, might not be ready for two months. So, But no, like the moral of the story, I mean, ready to play at Aaron Rodgers' level for two months. So he's going to play. But, um, yeah. you know, he's still injured and takes a long time for this to heal and all, whatever the heck he's got. But but I will say this. I'm, I'm waving the white flag a little early here. Patrick Mahomes looks amazing. He just looks amazing. He looks like a... Looks like Brett Favre. I mean, he's got this. He's got the arm strength. Uh, he's got that gunslinger mentality. He can improvise when he needs to. Just looks amazing. So, you know, Texas Tech fans think we hate him from that. I don't remember the name of the offensive lineman. I have blocked it out. Um,
1: <laughs> I know who you're talking. I can picture his face.
0: Jack Anderson, Jack Anderson.
1: Jack Anderson. For not ranking
0: him high enough, so they already hate me to start with. Um, but that's a good example of you know me taking the brunt of the fans' uh, venom. So that's why we're calling out WW on his uh, two-a-star <laughs> notion. So let's get to uh, two teams that played nobody, Clemson and Georgia, continue to look really good. Jake Fromm continues to complete about 80% of his passes. Trevor Lawrence came in, looked good as usual. The running game was outstanding. They played nobody, so it's really not something I want to harp on too long, but they're clearly two of the top four teams in the country, and I think both of them are going to be playoff contenders pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're, what we're dealing with and what we're facing here are five teams and then everybody else. It's Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and then Kind of everybody else, don't you think? That's
0: why LSU is number six.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't think LSU could hang with that. I don't think LSU could hang with any of those five teams. I was wrong about LSU before, but uh, you know, West Virginia I think is a team that could be interesting, maybe because they can score so many points and they have so many weapons at receiver. Um, but I just I just go around the country looking. Is Penn State a team that can hang with Clemson? I, I don't think so. Um. so I think we're dealing with five. And, and Wisconsin, you should be ashamed of yourself. Are they on shame this week, Mike? Oh,
0: God, they're on shame, yeah. We thought Wisconsin would be one of those teams that could hang in there, but I put their defense on shame this week just because the defense – I mean, the holes that – um, what's his name? Jimmy Canada or whatever his name Squally. is. Squally. Squally <laughs> Canada. Just the holes that, that he was running through were amazing. They, they pretty much – played their worst defensive game I think I've seen Wisconsin play in maybe since the drubbing against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. It was just yep. bad. BYU is not a good football
1: team now. I know BYU beat, but they beat Arizona? They beat Arizona when Kevin Sumlin wouldn't let Khalil Tate run. Right, when he was
0: healthy. Um, yeah, when he was healthy. But BYU is not a good football team, so for that loss, they deserve shame and I think they're out. I mean, I know it's only one loss, but that's going to be a tough one to overcome, especially if... What if they win the Big Ten? I don't know. If they win the Big Ten, they're they're in. I mean, obviously, we we know that the Pac-12 is going to be the the conference that gets screwed this year, most likely. As long as Oklahoma runs the table, they're not going to get left out. The SEC and ACC will have somebody in there. Obviously, Clemson and Alabama or whoever else, and the Big Ten will have somebody in there as well, so... If they win the Big Twelve, B10 outright, yeah, they're they're back in. But you know, I, that's a tall task. I mean, aren't they at Michigan? They're at somebody else really good. Then they would have to get through Ohio State to win it all. I just don't know. Um, they're a little bit one-dimensional. And that yeah, I showed, think because Hornybrook is not a good quarterback, and I've been saying that for no, two, two not, three years. He's, he's, he's not just a not a good quarterback.
1: No. And I know we don't want to talk about college football playoff in week three, but uh, I think the team who gets screwed is the SEC East or whoever loses in the SEC championship, because if Alabama runs the table, Georgia's only loss is going to be to them, and then you're probably going to take Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, and the, and the SEC champions. So um, I think Georgia is screwed. That's why eight teams make so much more sense, and I'm not going to even start.
0: No, we can't start that discussion. And we can start talking playoff. I mean, the season's a quarter of the way over. It's 25% right there if I'm doing my math correctly. So you, Wow, you are good. Yeah, so I mean, you can start talking. I mean, it's only three games, but still, it's three important games. I mean, there's teams eliminated, USC, which is also on super shame, they're done. Oh, my God. It's over. They're out.
1: Oh, yeah, they're done.
0: Yeah, and it's 25% of the season's over, and they're done. So, I put BYU's running game, uh, Kyler Murray on shine. Uh, the Kyler Murray, I thought... Was outstanding once again. Uh, still no drop off offensively from Baker Mayfield. But I also put the Oklahoma Let me ask you defense this, on
1: shame because I, I thought they missed a lot of tackles. Let me ask you this: Has there ever been a player who could be a first round draft pick in baseball and football? Has there ever been one?
0: Wasn't there? I mean, basketball and was Charlie Ward basketball and
1: uh, was he a first round pick? I don't know. But no, because Kyler Murray, I, I don't think baseball could be a first-round draft pick in football, right? No, he's too small. That's what they said about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but was he's, the number small, one he's pick. smaller
0: than Baker Mayfield.
1: Man, could he throw it though? I he's mean, he, a, he has no problem he had, getting it anywhere.
0: Definitely got a cannon of an arm, but I, I think Pete teams would be very very worried drafting him. I mean, he's 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 a little bit bigger than Bryce Young. Yeah, and Bryce Young, if you don't know, is a 2020 quarterback who's about five foot nine and a half. Who's a very, very talented kid, can improvise, do a lot of different things. But you're talking about first round here. I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield, six foot maybe, um, maybe, you know, maybe, benefiting from Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and some of the other shorter quarterbacks who have had success. But you know, Russell Wilson did as well as you know. Kyler Murray did at two different stops, and he didn't sniff first round, so I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think he'd be a first-rounder in football, but it'd be interesting to find out. Um, there was some talk Jeff Samarja would be a first-rounder in baseball and, um, and football if he decided to pursue a football career. I don't believe that. I don't think he was first-round talent. But um, And then Kirk McCaskill if you remember Kirk McCaskill, the pitcher for the Angels, you don't remember him, do you? No. You're not old enough. No, I don't. Well, he was uh, a high draft choice in hockey and baseball,
1: <laughs> which
0: I've never heard before in my entire life. So, yeah, you know, there have been two sport athletes for sure, guys that have been drafted high in both sports, but I don't know if he's a first rounder for both, um, but... But again, did you see a, a little bit of the Oklahoma defense from last year? A little bit of the missed tackling, a little bit of the sloppy
1: play. A little sloppy, up, yeah. A little giving sloppy. up
0: twenty-seven points to. But, Iowa But Butler had his
1: way on the outside. They, they they couldn't figure out how to stop him on the outside for Iowa State. Yeah, it was
0: it was a little scary there. You know, I mean, I don't know that that worried me a little bit. Um, Washington, nice win. Miles Gaskin finally came alive. Hard-fought victory on the road at a tough place to win at, so I gave them a little bit of shine. I gave Syracuse Mm. some shine because they deserved it, even though Florida State stinks, and we'll get to Florida State in a second because I think we definitely have to talk Florida State here. Um, But Syracuse, that was a big victory for them. They dominated that game from start to finish uh, on offense and defense especially on defense. I mean, that offensive line for Florida State is one of the worst offensive lines I've seen in a very, very long time. Uh, Trace McSorley getting a little bit of love even though they didn't play anybody, but he ran for two, I think, and threw for one and continues to show that he can win in any different way. Taylor Cornelius at Oklahoma State, a former uh, walk-on. They haven't dropped off at all from
1: Mason Rudolph. That was a big victory over Boise State. I think that was ignored by a lot of people surprisingly surprisingly easy victory and Oklahoma State and I'm sure I'll be on hot takes exposed or whatever it's called old takes exposed they actually have a defense (laughs) they were they were giving uh ripping all kinds of problems they were getting and hit they're hitting them they were aggressive they weren't letting Boise State run their offense uh and this is a Boise State team who I think came in averaging about 59 points a game uh and, of course, they played UConn and, and some other loser team. But um, very, very impressed by what Oklahoma State did Saturday because a lot of people thought Boise State was this year's UCF that could go in there and kind of take it to them, and, and they definitely didn't. They got they got ripped.
0: And then your boy Donovan Peoples-Jones, three touchdowns, finally breaking through, yeah.
1: right? I, I think it was me criticizing Harbaugh for not getting the ball to him enough uh, that, that changed all of this because – Two weeks ago, he had a fir- the first touchdown catch, which is hard to believe. He didn't have any touchdown catches all of last season. I mean, that's just impossible to do. And then he had one and now three, so he's he's on his way. So you're saying Harbo's one of our 400 listeners? I think so. <laughs> Would you be surprised? <laughs> I don't
0: know. Uh, let's talk Texas. All right, so here's the big question. Ready? Is okay. this a turning point victory for Texas?
1: no uh usc is is really really bad and i i fear to say this but very poorly coached um i i don't know if they go in and if i think the turning point is is if they beat, beat tcu if they beat kansas state then it'll be interesting to see how they play against oklahoma but this is a usc team starting a high school senior at quarterback uh, who does not get their skill players the ball enough, whose defense is not good. They're not coached well at defensive back. Iman Marshall is the same kid he was as a high school junior now. Uh, this is just not a very well-coached USC team. That the, and I, I'm, I was impressed by how Texas played. I was impressed by uh, how they scored points, which has been not so easy for them. But let's not give one win... Uh, that much credit because this is still the team that lost to maryland for the second straight season uh this is a maryland team that lost to temple um and this is a team that struggled a little bit with tulsa so i don't i wouldn't sign off on texas just yet but definitely a good win and it could be a statement win we'll see how the team plays and feels after this Um, but that schedule coming up is brutal
0: well yeah i'd have to agree Uh, just i'm waiting for a I'm waiting for a a victory for Texas that is a turning point victory. Um, I think a lot of people picked USC to win this football game, even though they were on the road. So part of me is like, this has to be something. They have to turn a corner here. But we'll see. They could come back and flop in their next game, and they're just real. I'm putting the Maryland game away. Uh, Now that you've won two in a row, including a Good victory over USC. I'm putting the Maryland game away. Maryland is just, makes no sense. Maryland maybe has Texas's number and no one else's number. So I'm putting that one away. I'm going to say that this could be a turning point victory, but all the things you said, you know, looking at Maryland lose to Temple, is kind of hard to watch, um, especially when they've lost twice in a row to Maryland. And then, you know, Tulsa and all the other just squeaker games, but I I think this is one of those situations where we don't know how bad USC is, and we could very well find out that they're really, really a bad football team. Um, Now, your high school senior, by the way, is, I just heard the other day, he's less than a year older than Sam
1: Darnold. (laughs) I don't know how that... How is that even humanly possible? That's not. possible. He stayed
0: back probably in like third grade and fifth grade on purpose. You know? He was held
1: back in eighth grade. Okay. He was held back in eighth grade, so that's one year. Yeah. So but Darnold is Darnold's Darnold twenty-one years old. St-
0: he's twenty-one. So you're, you're you're well. How is your it? boy JT? Is twenty.
1: No, he's JT not twenty. <laughs> that's, that's
0: what they said. I believe everything I hear.
1: I I do not believe that. I believe that to be fake news, <laughs> and. Uh, I'm not. I don't believe it.
0: Let's run through some shame. TCU and the mistakes they made. They had some explosive plays. They had a chance to stay in this football game. They didn't do it. TCU, you get some shame. Auburn defense, you get some shame because you folded like a cheap tent at the end with a quarterback that I still don't believe in. I, I think Joe Burrow is a tough, gritty kid, but I don't think he's a very talented football player or a great quarterback in any way shape or form but of course I'm not believing in Jarrett Stidham these days either but Auburn's defense yeah. caved when they when they really needed to to buck up Old Miss's defense you're an embarrassment that was just yes awful. that is embarrassing Oklahoma's defense too many missed tackles Wisconsin's defense horrible the running lanes were huge it looked like Wisconsin defense was playing Wisconsin's offense that's how bad it looked um Notre Dame, shame on you. Vanderbilt's not a good football team. I'm sorry. And letting them take you down to the wire and, and being a circus catch away from potentially winning that football game is just not good at all. Shame on Nebraska. Owen 2 Detroit. Let's talk about this a little <laughs>
1: bit. I mean, did we expect this? Uh no, I don't think I don't think anybody expected this. I think their season has been a complete nightmare so far. Their opener gets literally rained out. Thunderstorms cancelled the game. They lose to Colorado, who's not a good football team. I mean, let's get real. I mean, Montez is a decent quarterback, Chenault has been a surprise, but this is not a team that should be able to go to Nebraska and win. Um then Adrian Martinez gets hurt in that game. And their backup, Tristan Jebbia, transfers three days before the season opener because he lost the starting job, so he cried on his way out of town. And, you know, they're playing uh, a walk-on, I think. And Troy, uh, you know, Neil Brown's an up-and-comer as a coach. It's a tough program. They got blown out by Boise a few weeks ago, but to score 19 points against Troy and lose, now they have to go to Michigan. Um, I guess we're looking at 0-3 here for Scott Frost's... uh, first season
0: yeah it's just not good at all and again it doesn't mean I don't believe in Scott Frost or I don't think he's a good coach I think he is a very good coach I don't think he realized what he inherited and what he inherited as a football team that's used to losing and yeah you know it's, it's just like Tennessee you know when you go 0-8 in conference and you have a horrible season like that you have to change the culture and it takes a while to change the culture and I think uh you know they're struggling to do that and he's going to get rid of some Let me ask guys. you this.
1: Go ahead. Uh, Florida State was written this weekend that this is not Willie Taggart's fault, that this is Jimbo Fisher's fault, it's that not. this is the program he inherited, no. that players are used to losing like this and well, Listen, we saw I don't know. We, I look we, at Willie Taggart on that sideline, he's he, they look lost. The yeah. Gulf Coast offense which is supposed to be moving fast, they have the players to do it. They're standing around. Well, I, I don't know what's going on there.
0: We said that last year, too, but Jimbo mailed it in last year. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we had this discussion on right. this very famous podcast that, uh, you know, they just don't look like they care. Um, I was watching, in particular, the Boston College game with tremendous interest last year, and I was like, this is Florida State. I mean, this is an absolute joke. I was waiting for them to, like, mount a comeback or or spark a play, or do something. And all they were doing is sitting around. Jimbo was just yelling at the quarterback. Everybody else was staring around, not knowing what to do. There is no winning culture there. The problem at at Florida State is the offensive line. The problem is the inherited talent at the offensive line. They are just horrible. I I think the grading across the offensive line, somebody had to grade 0%. or or, or close to it. I mean, I saw guys barely get out of their stance. I saw a quarterback who had 1.8 seconds pretty much every play to get the ball off, and I saw a very talented running back at Akers who had just nowhere to run, nowhere to move. Now, defensively I wasn't impressed either. There were a lot of guys who seemed to be banged up, a lot of guys being helped up the field, a lot of guys not making big plays, that was very similar to last year as well. I'm not blaming Willie Taggart. Uh, the personnel no. is not there on the offensive side of the ball, especially the offensive line. There is talent, though. I mean, there's a bunch of four and five star kids running around there, but their coach gave up on them last year. He broke up with them like two games into the season, pretty much. And I it, think it's, it's, they just they're still reeling from last season, and they can't they can't shake out of it.
1: It's just hard for me to believe that Florida State, no matter who they put on the field, scores seven points against Syracuse. They have Cam Akers and Jacquez Patrick, two five-star running backs, three games in, no touchdowns. DeAndre Francois, three touchdown passes, four interceptions. Um, I I do believe that this is some sort of hangover from last season, but I'm not entirely sure that they're using their personnel the right way to, to move the ball down the field. There are ways you can use Cam Akers and Jacquez Patrick in an offense to get them in the end zone. I'm I'm sorry, three games in, no touchdowns for two guys. They're wasting away.
0: And this is something I wrote about this morning in my amazing three-point stance where this is years from being turned around. This isn't something that's going to be turned around next year. This isn't something we're going to see steady improvement for the rest of the season, and they're going to start – Getting it together. This is years. This is like two or three years Florida State's going to be bad because of that offensive line personnel. And if you can't block up front, you're not going to win football games, period. And I yeah. don't know if there's anybody sitting on that bench. If there was, they'd be playing by now. So they're going to have to be very, very good with their offensive line recruiting. They're going to have to be very, very good, obviously, with their uh, you know, the recruiting of other areas. And if you lose to Syracuse, and you continue to lose to bad teams. Not that Syracuse is a bad team. I mean, they're three and zero and all that good stuff. But there's no way you should. Recruiting is going to hurt. It's going to. It's going to suffer. And yeah. then you're going to have trouble luring those five-star defensive ends or those five-star cornerbacks and you know all the other guys you're used to getting. And then your roster talent's going to dip a little bit. So you know maybe I'm overreacting, but. Uh, What I saw in the Syracuse game was a whole lot of what I saw against NC State last year, against Boston College last year. I mean, just a team that is talented and more talented player by player than the team they were playing, but had no concept of how to play football. Um, I don't think it's – I mean, Jimbo gave up. Let's not give Jimbo a ton of credit here for anything. Oh, no, absolutely. That's definitely true. He's part of the problem. But Taggart has to own some of this as well. I mean, he came in here, brought a lot of excitement with him. We're going to speed things up. We're going to be a better offense. Well, they look horrible. Uh, so I think they're the, probably the biggest disappointment in college football right now, other than USC. I mean, you could take a you could take a straw poll and figure out which one of those two are the most disappointing. Um, but, man, you just don't expect these teams to be one and two at this stage. Um yeah. Rounding out the shame, Boise State's defense was horrible. Arizona State, I knew they would lose to San Diego State. I just knew it because Herm <laughs> Edwards is the coach. That's it. That's the only reason I picked San Diego State, because Herm was the coach. Um, and then USC... Yeah, but, but
1: Herm was the coach that beat Michigan State the week before. Well, Michigan oh. State
0: stinks. We've yeah, We've come not good. to learn that they stink. So, yeah. I'm not impressed with them at all either. Um, you know, sometimes... You get these victories over teams that are ranked early. I remember one year South Carolina was ranked, I think, preseason 17, and they were just horrible. And it was the year Spurrier resigned in the middle of the season. And teams were getting credit for beating South Carolina, like Texas A&M beat them. And then they moved into the top 25. And then all of a sudden, you know, after four or five games, you realize South Carolina is horrible. Not, yeah, they're not good. Yeah. yeah, and nobody should be getting credit for victories over them. So... I think that's what we're dealing with with some of these football teams here, you know. And we're learning very quickly that they're just not good. I put USC on shame as well. Obviously, they should be shamed. Who I didn't put on shame was Rutgers, just because I felt that the the flight back from Kansas was probably depressing enough that I just I wouldn't kick them while they're down. But they got destroyed, absolutely destroyed by Kansas. I mean, how does that happen?
1: Did you put UCLA on shame? Because they're shameful. They're always on shame. I didn't put them on shame this yeah. week. They're just, nobody cares.
0: When's the last time they've won anything ever?
1: Yeah, that's true. But, come on. Chip Kelly, big big time Chip Kelly. Smartest offensive guy in, in the whole world.
0: Yeah, they're in trouble. 14
1: points against Fresno State. 0-3. 0-2 at
0: home. It's not good. It's not pretty at all. Nah but no, I didn't really pay attention to that game that much because I you know, UCLA's done. forget about them yeah working them they're over. I did take your advice and took New Hampshire. Uh, I took Colorado's defense. they gave up 14 whopping points to New Hampshire. Um, see
1: see that's they should be on shame because New Hampshire scored friggin three against Colgate so, the Colorado defense should be on shame.
0: I'm 0-3 in my fantasy league in college football, which is fitting based oh, on boy. some of my takes. I lost by two points this week. I have one good player. My other running back is Cam Akers. So, yeah. you know, I got Damian Harris, who doesn't run the ball anymore, because uh, Alabama nope. doesn't need to. I got Cam Akers, whose team sucks. And then I've got A.J. Dillon, who is a god. So...
1: Yeah, he is He is the, the Adonis.
0: But I'm in a league where it's just Power 5 and Notre Dame, so picking up a running back is not easy because I'm in a 10-person league. There's no running backs out there to pick up. They're all timeshare guys or backups. So I'm done. I don't even care, though. I hope to go 0-12 or whatever I did, go 0-10, um, <laughs> because I don't care. My fantasy for NFL is doing well. That's all that matters to me. I've got Patrick Mahomes, who I knew would be a star, and i said said as much clearly. Um, so I'm excited about that as well. So not a whole lot else to talk about. I mean, it's kind of boring just going through the games and stuff. There's really not a lot of scandal. You know, I know off-season's no, sca- no
1: scandal. Recruiting's a little slow.
0: Recruiting's wicked slow. Last week we had eight four-stars, so that was fine. This week, nothing. You know, Texas ends up getting a good running back uh, from Georgia. Um, but when you look down at the weekend commits, it's, you know. A little late. Three-star, 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 two-star, three-star, three-star, three-star. It's just not that thrilling. So uh, not a lot to talk about there. Although, Trey Sanders did take an official visit to Texas. You wrote about it today in your take two. Um, that's kind of interesting. Indiana got a four star from Florida. Taiwan Mullen. He's hmm. the brother of. Um, oh, what's his first name?
1: Uh, Trayvon Mullen.
0: Trayvon Mullen. Yeah, the one that we underrated because of my that was my fault actually. So I'm yeah. not sure WW will be quick to point that out, but uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, but not a
0: lot of big commitments either, so there's just not a lot going on in that respect. Uh Heisman? Is it Haskins?
1: I think it's Haskins, Murray. I mean
0: Jonathan Taylor just Has- fell off,
1: right? Yeah, he fell off. Can AJ Dillon win it? I mean the the kid is If he gets 2000, I mean, really, he, he won't is- win it, but he'll be he'll be in New York. Yeah, the problem is they're going to lose a game here or there. So um, they're going to
0: lose. Yeah, they'll lose a few games. Although they are three and zero right now and a potential juggernaut, and they should beat Florida State. Which, you know, they should beat. Cle- uh, they should beat um, Syracuse. And they should beat NC State. They're going to get croaked by Clemson, obviously, and then they'll lose a game like against Louisville or something.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if NC State or Syracuse are guaranteed wins. Man, I I think
0: they are. So I guess we can wrap this up.
1: Yeah, let's wrap it up. It's been
0: 44 minutes of awesome. Yeah,
2: it was a good one. I like that.
0: All right. Really? I I, I really enjoyed just listening (laughs) to you guys. Thanks. And by the way, don't forget our future cast and forecast. Uh, Now you can make your own predictions on Rivals.com. I'll do the little plug there for that. So the future cast uh, and the fan cast. If you want to predict where Trey Sanders, the big-time five-star running back, is going to go after visiting Texas, he's also interested in Florida and Alabama, you can pick with the experts. You get to pick your own forecast compared to smart guys like me that predict that Shaquem Griffin won't even be a good NFL player or he would start or that Patrick Mahomes is a bum and won't be a good quarterback. So you get to pick against guys like me, and that's fun.
2: All right, well, with that, we will uh, remind everybody of our Twitter handle as well at Rivals Mike, at Adam Corney, and at Real Dave Barry. We will see everybody again next week.